With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Woodman Corner, the West Bromwich Albion podcast that is trying to pretend we are hopeful about staying up. Uh, thank you for joining us again this week. Uh, my name's Graham Brown, I am with Joe Chapman. How are you, Graham? Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, kind of, you know, in life. Uh, yeah, remove, well, remove the West Bromwich Albion. What a, what a weird day. Um, what a weird day. The, what I should say is we're gonna, we are going to come on to rank um, Nicky Hammond's 14 best buys. But uh, in answer to the question, what, uh, how am I? What an obscure day Saturday was. I've you know, my, my heart almost burst out of my chest with pride at the things we did uh, to, to um, honour Silridge. So I've just, I mean, I'm not one to get carried away about the kind of personality, but I've just got so much time for the Silridge. And yet, I mean, it just, I just felt like the heart and soul was ripped out of me in that game. I, I don't know, how did you find it? it? It was a confusing afternoon of emotions, I think. It, as you say, you, you're so proud of, of what, how the club put together such a, a fantastic and, and fitting tribute for Cyril and, and everybody that was in attendance and it made for a very very emotional afternoon there were a lot of tears being shed when Andy Williams was playing on the big screen yeah. as with, with Cyril's montage of goals and and and, uh, and special moments and um, yeah it was it was I, I suppose to a point you can just say well the club have done everything they can do yeah uh, they, but... they've provided this platform which then for the players to go out and perform, they had the the fans right behind them uh, from the off. They gave themselves a head start five minutes in. I think, uh, yeah. I, th- I mean, I think the club have been an absolute class act with Regis. But it's funny. I keep keep getting the same thing about uh, everyone saying, "Oh, it's Asadale over again." Well, I mean, f- for me, uh, I, I, it was never anywhere near as emotionally charged Asadale as as uh, as Saturday no. was. And it wasn't like when we lost to Leicester, we meant we were. Odds on to be relegated, which is, I mean, I've just never ever known that kind of slide down. I mean, it was galling that day, Leicester, wasn't it? It was a last minute, yeah, it was annoying, a last minute defeat, and uh, it was a real kick in the teeth because we all we all realized how special a day it was and, and the breakthrough that family had, and we were celebrating Jeff's life. But I suppose, you know, the thing with, with Cyril was it, it was because of his death and it, how sudden it was, and how much of a shock it was to everybody connected with the club. It, it was still very, very raw and very fresh in the in the minds of all the fans that were there. So, talk to us about the 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 ninety minutes. I mean, how, how did you um, how, how would you categorise it? Well, I mean, the, the, for, uh, very much like the um, that that Astle day, you know, they went out there and they give themselves a lead, um, but they they just didn't push on. They they had another chance from another another set piece. But regards to open play, the opportunities were very very. Thin on the ground. Daniel Sturridge looked lively every time he had the ball at his feet, but he didn't have the ball at his feet anywhere near enough to what we'd like to have seen. Yeah, uh, I've, Chris, I've still got hopes for him. The, well, so do I. The, there was one. There was one particular moment when Brunt played a ball 
into Sturridge over the top and Sturridge laid it off to Phillips and Phillips it Blast. opened up for him and it, all he had to do was just you know dart and attack his defender or lay Sturridge in Sturridge had found space yeah. I thought that was interesting actually that there was two or three times I thought that Sturridge was too smart for the people yeah. around him where, where you could see his movement was great but yes. uh, and he was linking it up great rather than, rather than you know put it into the top tier of the Smedic that's you know kind of just all you do is just compose yourself I can't fight this back I'm going to have to say this and I mean anyone who cares to look back at my Twitter um, time I can see that I felt this before the game that game for me was lost the second they picked that team. Um, I th- I, when you've got a four-man midfield, you don't pick a 37-year-old and a uh, holding midfielder that can't run more than six or seven kilometres in a game. You just don't do that. And, and I mean, uh, Lamina actually, as it happened, was, was um, the player... The, uh, the best 90 minutes I've seen this season pre this game was Lamina I'm sure he's not that good every game but it just so happens I knew he had him and again he ran right on it but people talk about it like he's brilliant which I think he is a good player the fact of the matter is he had nothing to play against we, it, it was a catastrophic four moment field and I understand and I would, I would contest that um, you couldn't have answered it by just replacing Jakob with field it needed a structural change so should have got five men in there we, do, we just don't, didn't have the legs to play four midfield and it was no. it was absolutely asking for they've it been, it's, they've been, it's, been, uh, it's been a different dynamic in recent weeks when they've been playing with a four because it's easy to ask Rodriguez to drop in on, onto the wing when, when Alvin don't have the ball yeah, it's look good and, for Brunt, and for Brunt to come in and, and join Barry and Krakowiak and it's kind of like this uh, without going, kind of going venturing back into Tony Pulis land it, it was kind of like that swivel that you know they talked about kind of being able to move from side to side from a 4 to a 5 from a 4 to a 5 depending on whether you got the ball or not and with Rondon and Sturridge both of them very very much out and out number 9s uh, it, yeah, you never really had that. It was a very, very flat four four two. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think you raise a point that, that I think Pardew deserves credit for, which is I've thought that the fluidity of, of of Rodriguez working in a four has been great, and I think he's really, really um, performed terrifically coming back, and obviously that was lost. But um, it is a massive, massive, massive red light flashing for me now that that team selection because it just couldn't have worked. There was no, no. there wasn't really a pre- there wasn't really a I can't fathom what the, actually the best case scenario is you score early. You um you sit back with your two holding midfielders and you break um you know with Sturridge and Phillips. Yeah. But we didn't even do that. I, I actually no. thought it was all going to fall into place. It was it was a car crash of a selection for me that that was you know um partly justifiable by having some real talent missing. But it was only I I, I would love to see the justification for why well, anyone would ever play Jakob and and, and I um, mean Barry. Field was the was the only real option. That other than other than the two that he played, uh, obviously to come in and alongside, yeah. and Phil can do that role where he plays on the left and yeah. then tucks inside without the ball. We saw that at Wembley; he did it well. We saw that against Newcastle. Phil, uh, Phil would have been for me. Be precious field, little of him since. It'd be either Field or bringing Brunt in like, like full times playing through. I mean, I'd have, I'd have gone with Field and potentially. Um, Drop Brunt. I mean, I'd have certainly found a way of getting um, Sturridge into the team. I sympathise with him. I just feel like. I hope it was known tactical naivety, but either way, it was just gutting. Anyway, yeah, we should probably was, move on. We should probably was. move on from Southampton. Yes, yes. I am. I am still feeling just a small matter of Chelsea to come. Okay, so next, let's get on to the main thrust of uh, of this week's podcast. We're going to be taking a look at the uh, Albion signings across what we're calling the Nicky Hammond era uh, since he's uh, since he's joined the club. Um, a disclaimer at this point: uh, I think everyone listening to this probably knows that uh, that. 
certainly Tony Pulis had more than a hand in uh, in a lot of the signings. So this is really talking about an era of time uh, more than anything. But you know, we do. Uh, we, Nicky Hammond is a director, so he's accountable. So you know, we'll be we'll be considering what the upshot is have been uh, of his era has been. But just to just to keep uh, just to keep West Bromwich Albion at bay. To be absolutely clear, we're not um, handing all blame slash praise for every West Bromwich Albion signing over to Nicky Hammond. Many of you might have seen this. We put our Playboys poll out there this week. It gives you the opportunity to rank the 14 signings that Albion have had under the um, under the management of Nicky Hammond. So this is going back a couple of years now. Um, and the responses have been really, really interesting. What we're going to do, we'll take it through um, one, um, one after the other so we can kind of talk them through. And maybe at the end we'll discuss what our... Um, top and bottom through because I think it's safe to say that both uh, Joe and I wouldn't actually probably agree with what the end up shot was so we're going to go from 14 to 1 here we're going to start off with a player that was ranked the lowest by Albion fans on this uh, on this play buzz and it's surprise number 14 when you consider some of the other people in here the person that had the lowest ranking was Nasser Chadley. Joe justify why that uh, well I think there's an element of frustration I you know, Nasser Chadley is uh, with add-ons and everything else is is uh, pretty much the record signing the club uh, the club's ever made. Yeah, and we've seen precious little of him certainly since uh, Alan oh. Pardew came in. We were talking minutes rather than matches, and uh, and of course even under Tony Pulis, we all know he had his differences in the first half of the season. So this season has been almost a write-off for Chadley really. Last season he started like a house on fire. Between the kind of months of September and November, he looked fantastic. He was scoring goals. He was playing a really, really significant role in the team. And but for that really, really annoying injury that he picked up and required surgery on, he never came back that same player. He, he never, he never hit the ground running. And when pre-season came around, as we all know, and he didn't go to Austria, he really could have done with that as a, as a real kind of opportunity to to build his his fitness back up. To, Total to one hundred percent and 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 go again, but it's been yeah, it's been really really annoying actually. Adam. We know he's he's in our ranks. We know the quality that he has, but what have we got to show for it over I two think, years? I think that's right. I think it's a protest vote, but for me, I mean, he's he's he's, he's not down there for me. I understand the cost and so on, but the, the, you've got to give him the ultimate justification. He's an attacking midfielder that was playing in a Tony Pulis team. Yeah, you know, he was he was never really going to give an A yet. He's going to going to be given a fair crack of the whip and I think um, I mean I look forward to him coming back and having the opportunity with if it's not too late you know with Belgium coming up to play a part in a team that, that actually plays a bit of football going forward yeah. uh, for me he wouldn't be number 14 but as it happens um, 189 people voted him up 338 yeah. voted him down so, so obviously there's a disclaimer here that uh, everybody that voted hasn't voted for every player yeah that's so it's, it's, you know people can choose, pick and choose who they vote for and uh, for that reason it's a ratio anyway, and he, he, he had the lowest ratio of, uh, of positives and negatives. So next up, 13, this is what I'm not going to disagree with, Hal well, robson Carnet. It's pretty damning. I mean, compared to the, the two names that are above him in the list. Yep. Um, it's, yeah, it's, um, again, he's had nowhere near as many kind of, you know, negative votes that, as Chadley has. But he, yeah, actually, I'm not sure. People, I don't think robson Carney was helped by just the fact that Upon arrival, he was written off as a poor signing. Yeah. He came in on deadline day in 2016. He was one of uh, he was he was the last signing of that of that window. Of course, Nicky Hammond knew him already from his time at Reading, and 
okay I get it I totally get it, it, it it's anything but a, a signing to inspire uh, a free agent who's just been released by a championship club and last season he, he chipped in with a couple of goals he was never ever really he never had a run in the side he never started any particular amount of games in a row or anything like that uh, he scored a couple of goals and yeah I mean I am um, oh he's a, for me a poster boy for a for a um for a regime that didn't have any, um, that didn't have any uh, hope of progress, really. I mean, to, you know, it, his signing was really, really disappointing to me. As you say, he, he he was never a successful championship striker. He was signed because he was available and he was free. Uh, mm. And you know, for a for a for the one of the thirty richest clubs in the in the um, country, you know, that's not really good enough. And I mean, meanwhile, you know, he's been, he's been given a new a new contract since, which. To me, smacks of laziness of not replacing him, really. Um, well, here's the thing. I mean, uh, you'd imagine, uh, for argument's sake, West Bromwich Albion are in the are in the Championship this time next season. Yep. Harrelson Carnu is going to lead the line, <laughs> as of based on the fact that you can't you can't see Salomon Rondon playing the Championship. Uh, remains to be seen what would happen with Jay Rodriguez. Harrelson Carnu is a player that's played in the Championship already. Is he going to get you twenty goals? I think that's a really interesting goals? point because I mean if. Uh, it, it, if Albion were to get relegated and they start with Hal Robson Connor, they don't get promoted again. Hmm. I'd be staggered if Hal Robson Connor ever routinely um, starts games for the Albion. I think it's. Uh, but uh, and what's more, I would be staggered if anyone wanted to buy him when we went down. Might give him a new deal. It's. Yeah, I think he's going to be a substitute if we're in the in the in the championship. I mean, history says that when you go down to the championship, you spend a little bit of money. Mm. Um, there's going to be a lot of players go because of the flex stands and so on. So the yep. next two we'll probably race through because they're probably slightly less important. Well, again, very much like I was talking about Chadley earlier. This is a minutes over matches thing for yeah. for these two players. They yeah. were they were at, they they enjoyed precious game time while they were at the Albion. They're both loan signings, both stop gaps, I suppose. Uh, both under Tony Pulis and both. Left back, centre backs. One was Brendan Galloway, and the other was Mark Wilson. I don't we need to dwell too much on that, but to say that it, you know it's a Tony Pulis trait to loan players and not pick them. And, uh, and I mean, it was it them. was bare minimum. Wilson did okay. Well, Wilson wasn't there. Uh, to, Wilson wasn't loaned to play, was he? Was there in case anyone no, gets injured? Exactly, and I think he realised that. And he, the first thing he said when he arrived at the club, I remember in in January was uh, last January was. Uh, I'm here to earn a permanent deal. <laughs> he, yeah. he was never ever going to have enough time. <laughs> Meanwhile, to, uh, to to prove to prove that. Eighteen months later, he f- played for Sunderland. F- f- five out of 159 Albion fans ranked him as good. <laughs> uh, the next one is probably a good a good one for us to chat through. This is a, this is a uh, this is an interesting one. So uh, Oliver Burke had 162 positive um, votes and 250 negative votes. Joe, you've said a lot of the Albion. What have you seen of Oliver Burke? Well, yeah, I mean, I think you could have seen every minute of Albion home and away this season and still claim you hadn't seen much of Oliver Burke, really. Yeah. It, he's, uh, he's been in and out of the squad, never mind the starting eleven under under Alan Pardew, who has opted for experience because the same could be said for Sam Field, who on occasion has been left out of the, out of the side. And and yet you can, you can see why you, you, you get excited by, by the... Introduction. I think he's a very, very decent player off the bench. Yeah. He started against Man United. I thought he did okay. He lost the ball a few times in dangerous areas against United, and you know, uh, played a part in in being at fault for the goals that they scored in the first half. So he's a very, very nippy player. He's but he's also got a bit about him. He's very, he's tall. Yeah. He's bulky. He's not you know skinny and and easy to nudge off the ball. 
he, I think he's got a hell of a lot of uh, development to do still. Yeah, I, you're right. I mean, I think he's, he's a player that was signed by Pulis, and I'd imagine Pulis would have had a, a long regime. Of he still looks questionable. Fifteen million quid for a. Oh, I mean, a winger that, uh, he's twenty yeah, years old. It's, a, it's a absolute at best questionable. You know, I mean, re- realistically, yeah, it's, it, it, it's up for debate whether or not he's going he's to ever get a top flight career. So I mean, it's it's, it's a hell of a lot of money to to spend. I think Pulis would have, would have tried to kind of build him into a sort of more effective James McLean. I think actually, I've seen one or two things about Burke, some some decent movement, blah blah blah. I, I, I don't really agree. I wonder if Burke is ever going to be successful. He'll be turned into a striker. Yeah, well, it's it's an interesting one, isn't it? He proved that okay at championship level, but he proved that he can score goals yeah. in the championship with Nottingham Forest, and in the short time that he was in the first team there before he got picked up by Leipzig, he, he managed that. Um, so I don't think he'd have a problem. Again, you know, we're talking hypothetically. I don't want to kind of uh, go too early on this, but. If Albion are in the Championship next season, all I can see Oliver Burke being a, a relative success. Well, yeah, I hope. Unfortunately, you might work well out. You, uh, you might work well out to see that. Okay, next on the list uh, is, and so we are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Coming in at ninth is uh, Alan Nyam. Uh, I've mm. got a feeling this might have been different had we done it this time last year. What do you think of Alan Nyam so. signing? Yeah, very much so. I think it's a pertinent point you make. I think that when he was, uh, he was. Unable for sele- unavailable for selection about this time last year when he refused to play for Cameroon yeah. in the African Cup of Nations and I remember travelling down to, to Tottenham and uh, Albion were duly spanked 4-0 and we missed Neon that day because he was unavailable for selection and I remember the fans when we, didn't, we weren't able to find out until the, the teams came out before the match whether he was going to play or not and he didn't and at that point, you thought to yourself, "God, all of a sudden, this guy is a really important player for us." He was he was playing right back, he was playing left back, yeah, and he was doing all the while he was doing a pretty decent job, and so he didn't really. I thought to myself, didn't think much of his signing in in the summer. We're getting into the realms of kind of what I, what, what are kind of uh, mediocre signings, and I would say he is he, he's not a poor signing, Alan Neal. Um, he, he's he's not a very good footballer, but he can occupy. I mean, he's actually played centre half as well, so he's played right across the back for the Albion. Yeah, he played uh, in the three at the back. He's yeah. shown two things that he's got a terrific engine, and that he hasn't really got a final ball, um, which was never a massive problem under Pulis, but probably more so now. Um, I think Neal's been a good signing. I, 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 what the problem is, signing sort of Watford reserves to play, but. Um, but for I mean, four million quid, now in this day and age, four million quid gets you Alan Neon. And the dexterity of it, you know, he's played across lots, lots of positions. And I mean, while you, you prefer a team that he's not in it, yeah. um, it what, what an advantage it is to have a player, player on your bench that can go, come in either half. And yeah. what's more, the one thing I'd say for him, and I think you can say this for a lot of these players on this list, is he's shown himself to have nothing but the ideal personality. He's never, he's, he's, no, he's never appeared really. to be anything other than completely and utterly committed so that's kind of to his part when he loved, loved rubbing it in Watford fans faces when uh, yeah. Albion beat them with the Hawthorns last season which was the only real kind of spark or you know ferocity or whatever you want to call it that, that you've uh, you've seen of him otherwise he's just a, pro- a, a, a professional that's that's got on with his job when, when asked of him uh, I still think that with Kieran Gibbs and, and Craig Dawson fit I, I still imagine that, that Neon becomes nothing other than a squad player. And, and I would say, actually, again, the, 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 the this doom and gloom version of this that we got relegated next year, I'd still be looking. I, I don't. Have, I, I like Neon, but I always want him to be a substitute. Is what I would say. Even mm. Championship Warrior. So he joins Robson Carno on the bench. 
Well, I like him a lot more than I like Robson Connor, but yes. <laughs> so next was an interesting one, uh, and I've got yeah. something, something to say about this. De- uh, Jake Livermore, so only 117 positive um, uh, marks and 263 negative ones. So I'm going to say about Jake Livermore, bouncing out of the Southampton game, Lamina would not have looked like that, that much of a superstar if Jake Livermore was in the Albion yeah. team. Jake Livermore has, is a... Is a functioning midfielder that has legs that um, they can get up and down. That's not going to just let someone kind of dictate the play in front of them. They can run, I'd assume, ten kilometres a match quite comfortably. Um, uh, uh, Livermore finds himself in the middle of this list, so he's eighth out of fourteen, so just slightly lower than uh, than he would be. He's been disappointing for Albion, uh, but um, no, I probably can't go beyond that. He's he's more capable than he's showing. In, in a more talented team. It's very, very odd, isn't it, that our sole representative in the national squad doesn't get in is, 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 a, is a player that I would wager many an Albion fan wouldn't have in their starting eleven with everybody fit. Now, he would have been, as you say, he would have been very, very uh, much uh, an option for, for Alan Pardew on Saturday had he been available. And people will talk very much and very rightly about how he missed Krikowiak. Yeah. Greatly missed his engine and... Also, his quality—that's the thing that that Livermore doesn't possess. I think that it, you know, in terms of passing and creation, I don't think Livermore's there for that. No, no, I, I think that's right. I mean, I think I'll come, we'll, go, we'll come on to Kukovic. I think Kukovic links midfield yeah. with, with with the attack. Really, Livermore's, really well. Livermore's off the ball. He's, I've work. never seen him do He's, that. Yeah, I think the thing is Livermore is functional. So I think it's interesting against Liverpool. They played him. They played him wide, didn't they? Mm. Wide right. I think it's wide right. And he played all right, and he will play all right. You know, he's not—he's not a bad player. The problem is if you. A bit like Niamh, really. He's not going to. His final ball's not great. No. Isn't that actually it's odd that he's a midfielder? He's not a very good passer. But um, mm. but I think games like Southampton show the merit of a player like Livermore. I, he's he's not turned out to be a fantastic side, but I don't think the, the his Albion story is, he's passed him, and he's one that I wouldn't be afraid to see in a Championship team. Yeah. So in the top half, now we see a massive, massive, massive jump now. So not so Livermore yeah, has really is. has one hundred and seventeen positive marks. The next one above him, Matt Phillips, has four hundred and sixty five. So so we're now into the area of the top seven of, of good marks. Mm. Matt Phillips is Matt Phillips. What this would say to be three times as good a player as Declan De- Livermore? Well, again, very much like Neom in a, I suppose, an overachieving team last season. Matt Phillips was a, a hugely important player. Yeah, and. God only knows how much we missed him when he got injured and we tailed off a bit towards the end of the season when he couldn't get himself fit. I remember being particularly frustrated with, with Phillips at the start of last season when he came in and you thought to yourself, OK, he's not a a world-class signing, he's not a a player that you know, you're expecting to score 40 goals a season. But I also thought that at the same time, we've picked up a player with a bit of pace, yeah. you know, what we were missing before that. Got a bit of pace, hopefully a, a better delivery than the most of the club, and okay, that's something I could get behind as a, as a as a signing. And for the first two months, three months, there was nothing there at all, no. and he really, really struggled to to kind of have any impact in in most matches. And all of a sudden, it was like someone just lit the blue touch paper, and he 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 just went off on a on a crazy run of matches where he scored goals, created goals. And you missed him. And he wasn't there. He's the um, he's the consummate um, confidence player, isn't he? He's, he's obviously oh, yeah. that's obviously kind of prime to. Yeah. He's actually, uh, do you know, in the course of my, of my thinking about this, he's a better player than they give him credit for. I mean, he's he's sort of got everything. Uh, I mean, he's shown that he can finish. Yeah, he's, he's cut his delivery from set pieces. Isn't bad. Um, you know, he's he's a, no. he's a big guy. He gets up and down. He's not really necessarily lacking for 
um, defensive effort. If you know, there's been Generally. a lot of lot of beef about him not necessarily giving a hundred percent in that challenge against Southampton. Um, I think he probably deserves his slot there. In fact, uh, in fact, maybe maybe he should he should be higher. Specific, particularly at below five million quid, um, he's worth an awful lot more than that now. If you think he has a ratio, we bought Livermore for ten million. He's not worth double that now. Well, I mean, we wouldn't sell for Matt Phillips for less than ten million quid now, would no. we? Thought? No, not where we want James McLean. We want fifteen for James McLean. Yeah. The next one is really interesting, actually, because I don't. Again, it's kind of a. a this of is the swung one way that I didn't think it was going to. I, I I thought it would be positive more than negative, but I I didn't realise it was going to be such a big swing. Yeah, uh, Krakowiak is number four. Uh, he's got four hundred thirty-eight uh, fours and seventy-seven against. I mean, t- again, would that, two, would that two be months the case? ago, what, one month ago, two month, one two months ago, before that Liverpool game at Anfield. Yeah. In in the in the Premier League before Christmas, I think most people had written him off as a as a as a poor signing, a signing that didn't fit in with generally what Tony Pulis was asking of him. What did you think of him then? Uh, I'll be honest. I saw precious little of him in the in in the first however many months of the season to suggest that this is a a player that was going to walk into our side. And because uh, when we when he arrived in the summer. It, it was one to get you excited, wasn't it? It, yeah. was a, it was a real standout signing, much like Swansea and Renato Sanchez, and you know, and like Watford with with Gerard Delafeu. Now, real standout signing from one of the Europeans elite elite clubs. <clears throat> and I thought, wow, this could be a, along with Gareth Barry midfield. We've got a new look midfield now. And this could be a, a real uh, a real coup, even on loan. And he just never really got going. Yeah, it took him a long time to obviously win a game. They didn't. He didn't win a league game until the Brighton game. Yeah, he's only won. That's, one, right, he's, that's yeah. the only one he's won since. So, I don't know if I'm being crazily optimistic. I don't. I, I, thought, I, I mean, I don't go um, routinely away with Albion. Um, I haven't seen him play badly many times. I've seen one or two games where I feel like he didn't have the pace to stay to stay up with it. Yeah. Um, but actually, largely, I felt he sort of played well. I felt. I feel like he was let down. But I mean, Pulis just kept playing that that same three, which which was the best three. You know, Livermore, Barry, and uh, Krakowi. He just never managed to kind of get the balance. I mean, he certainly he certainly had some one or two really very good games under Pardew. You know, obviously Liverpool. Where I love this thing where he'll be under pressure, and he'll just break from midfield, and, yeah. he, and all of a sudden there's a wave. And I love. And he that. did that, and he said up when uh, Rodriguez scored that that second goal at Anfield in the FA Cup last week. His his part in that goal for uh, for Gibbs's cross in the build up. Was uh, was phenomenal, it, it, you know, and he was he was outstanding that day. Uh, it was it was comfortably his best performance in an Albion shirt uh, at Anfield. I think it's an in, it's an interesting balance. This he's, he's been ranked as a better signing than Phillips, who cost us five million pound, and he's costing us what is probably yeah eight million pound in wages for a season. It's interesting, but I, but I mean I, I am a Krakowiak fan. So number we're in, into the top five now. Yep. Okay. In at five is Darren Sturridge. Daniel even. Daniel Sturridge. Yeah. I think you've just named every other... I mean, you've got Dean, you've got Simon. Now, yes. now we've got Darren. It, well, why isn't there a Darren Sturridge? <laughs> there probably is. Uh, Daniel Sturridge. Uh, we can't talk too long about Darren Sturridge, but, no. but so we've, we've, we've both like, waxed over that we're thrilled that we signed him. He's, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. The, the 454 people that have given him a, a, a four vote, as opposed to the uh, 29 that gave him a vote against... That's that's got to be based on reputation, hasn't it? It's Daniel Sturridge. It's a it's a wow signing, very similar to Krakowiak. It's a signing that two or three years ago, I'm not sure West Bromwich Albion would have uh, been capable of pulling off. Yeah, and 
Oh, yes, yes, yes. Of course, I've, of course, he, he's moved geographically. It, it's it's a good thing for him. Regular football is a guarantee. He obviously still needs to hit the ground running. We we are in desperate need of of a of a goal source, and a lot of responsibility will rest on his shoulders. But you know, you can't fail to get excited by the sign. No, that's the, 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 two two things briefly. I agree with all the things you said there. That firstly, he's a good sign in that it showed. Um, it showed Albion were able to attract play, a player of his uh, of his stature. Mostly, I can understand why people ranked him so high because it's so we so crucially needed him. I mean, he's literally for me, he's the only hope of our staying up now. Sturridge needs to score seven or eight goals. Yes, really. it's, it, that's 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 the only way we're staying up now. So Sturridge at five, so we're into top four mm. now. Uh, in at four, Gareth Barry. Gary Barry. Well, interesting actually. Ever since Krakowiak in this list, the top six. They've all arrived this season, so you know it would suggest that these guys down here at the bottom are, you know, kind of. It, it's very much in terms of personnel. We've seen an upgrade this this season. Oh yeah, I mean, I, th- I think there can be a tendency to prefer more more recent signings. Yep. But yeah, that, that, but that's number right. four, Gareth Barry, four shy of five hundred positive votes. Which yep. uh, I think I think that's fair enough. I, I've been. I've been pleased with what Gareth Barry's produced this season for Albion generally. I've also not been particularly surprised by what he's produced. He's he's a he's a, a, a high quality midfielder. He's obviously had his you know had his best years. He wasn't ever going to get any better Albion than he's what he's produced for Aston Villa, Everton, or whoever else in the past. But you know, for how old is he now? Thirty six is he? Yeah, maybe going to be thirty seven. So. Yeah, he, he's uh, generally speaking, he's been a very, very decent signing, and uh, on a one-year deal, I couldn't, I couldn't argue with that. Yeah, I'm not but, sure whether this year comes round. It depends, of course, what division we're in. He's, but, I would say he's been a reasonable signing. I think for the sake of continuity. So, so, so again, we're looking at kind of assessing Nicky Hammond here. At the moment, we've got a, a central midfield pairing that neither of which will probably start next year. Um, it's, it, it's you have to look at these things in the round, and I wonder whether or not Gareth Barrett signing a. A player this ageing next to a player um, that won't be there next year is necessarily the smartest thing. But I mean, in in truth, yeah. Barry is seven out of ten most most, most weeks. weeks. I mean, started. I don't know if you agree. He started to look really slow in a couple of games. Well, I mean, uh, I was going to just talk to you about that actually because I gave him a five on Saturday because I thought, well, I mean, Albion's midfield generally struggled, and you could tell that in a in a as much, very much like Jakob in a two, people rightfully pointed out that Jakob. Needs to really play in a three, yeah. And the same can be said for Barry. And um, they, they, uh, well, Barry's done all right next to Kokoviak in a two, but uh, he normally has Brunt or Livermore alongside. Well, him. I think the, the crux of it is Rodriguez, yeah. Rodriguez, Rodriguez will flip, will flip that, into that role. I, I totally get that Pardew was, was keen to find a place in the team for storage, of course, yeah. But his reasoning was odd, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure Rodriguez particularly wanted to hear about how he needed to be rested. No, uh, having been on this hot streak that he's been on, no, you know, or, or you rest him in the week against City. So we're going to so, so we're going to get to the next. We're going to the top three. We'll come back in a minute to to, uh, to what would have been our top and bottom. Uh, in at three, Kieran Gibbs, four hundred eighty-five positive, thirteen negative, thirteen negative yep. is the lowest. Again, again, yeah. I mean, for me, I know you're going to. We were going to talk about it anyway, but for me, he is my number one signing uh, of the last of the last two years. Yeah, two and a half years. I. I I think that the signing, base, bearing in mind that we'd kind of almost given up on him coming halfway through the, the summer transfer window, only to go back and then, you know, snap him up at the very, very end. It was, it was a, uh, <clears throat> it was a problem position for Tony Pulis the whole time he was at the club. 
you had all sorts of players playing there. I mean, James Chester was playing there, uh, Neom, of course, and then you had Chris Brunt, Johnny Evans. They all seemed to just take it in turns to to fill a gap that was that was problematic week on week. And all of a sudden, Kieran Gibbs comes in. He's you know late twenties, mid to late twenties. He's come from Arsenal with huge amounts of Premier League experience, and you know he's he's looked the part in in pretty much every week. Yeah, for me. He, oh yeah, we'll skip straight to it. He's the number one for me as well. And I mean, uh, he's, he's really surprised me how good he is. I, 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 also, I sort of thought he'd be kind of a bit of a white noise sort of a player. It's kind of, kind of okay at everything. But actually, he's kind of good at everything. He's, a, you yeah. know, he, he injects a bit of pace into the team. He's always yes. in the right position. He seems like a good personality. He seems like a really kind of calm personality. I think Kieran Gibbs has been a, a, a terrific signing. And I mean, one of the great tragedies it were is get relegated is, is losing him because realistically you've got four or five years he's not going to go I don't think he's going to get poached from us he's, he, he'd solved a problem almost kind of straight away and, and yeah it's a bit like Foster actually I don't I, I really don't want to talk about this kind of impending relegation but, but we you know you, you, but you have to because it's it's a very real possibility now and looking ahead to the summer we talked the other day about Ben Foster and you know the probably the, uh, the 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 fact that he doesn't really need to go anywhere because he's settled in the area, oh, he's yeah. always from here. He's not got those England international ambitions anymore, you know. And you could see Ben Foster playing the championship. Could you see Kieran Gibbs playing the championship? No, no, no. Kieran Gibbs is. I mean, Kieran Gibbs is arguably too good for Albion in the Premier League. It would but be unfair also, on him. To but play also, the he, he is so far away from the, the England team that it's that's also unfair. You know what I mean? It, it, he's behind Danny Rose. He's behind. Oh, uh, yes. He's behind uh, Bertrand. But I mean, if I mean you're even uh, Aaron Cresswell, Luke Shaw, Kieran. Get the left back slot for England is. Yeah, no, it's 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 really uh, it's really tough, but but that, there'll be no shortage of interest in him. Anyone who wants a left back knows that they've got kind of a safe pair of hands mm. here. So up to their to their um, top two now, uh, and coming in at two is Jay Rodriguez, who has yeah. uh, five hundred forty-four positive and thirty-one negative. Yes. Votes. What do mm-hmm. you think of Jay Rodriguez? Um, again, a very very solid signing. You could get behind him for twelve million pound when you consider that the club received twelve million for Berahino and six months earlier. You thought to yourself, okay, that that's in terms of attitude, that pulls apart. Rodriguez hasn't scored as many as he probably would have liked in the league. He scored obviously against Exeter and Accrington. So if you take those away and the couple he got against Liverpool, that's four league goals. So it's not a, a, a silly amount of goals that he's you know managed to to, to net this yeah. season. And there was a big lull in his season as well, it, it, around the kind of October-November period, where it really, really, you know, Albion really got dragged down, and the, and this winless run was hovering over them all the time, and they couldn't shift it, and of course it cost Tony Pulis his job. And then just after Christmas, he he kind of had this rebirth, a bit of a spark where he he found that he found the net and. And from there on, he's uh, he's taken his goals really well. The goals at Liverpool were fantastic. The one at Everton was very well taken as well. So, ever since, you know, all of a sudden he's become a real, a, a genuine, potent goal threat. Yeah, so it's, I'd like to fly in the faces because I, I would think that you know it's, it's again another one that you'd have probably been sixth or seventh if we did this kind of a month ago, and it's, it's probably of the moment. But. What I've, what I've really been impressed with the Rodriguez, which I've already touched on before, is his tactical play. Is the way is the way that he's made sense of the former midfield and 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 transit between one and two, uh, between um, up front and, and in midfield. What I would say is that it's probably not the biggest advert for um, for the Hammond regime that he's he's number two in this list because he's not a um, 
he's a terrific Premier League player. You know, he was he's a, he was a he was kind of fourth or fifth choice at uh, at Southampton. He had more kind of prospect than that, but he's not particularly. Uh, he's not great at anything. But he's quite good at everything. A bit like a, a bit like um, I was saying. I expected Kieran Gibbs to to, to be. Um, I think he's a good sign. I think he's doing really well. I think he's in, I think yeah. Pardew's doing really well. But what I would say is, if I'm going to pro- uh, progress to a comfortably mid-table um, Premier League team, he would probably make way. I don't Do know. Think? That, I think so. I don't. I don't. I don't think he's one of. I've been. I've been actually in the last couple of months. I've been. I've been particularly pleased that all these games that he's come through and he hasn't had a recurrence of his injury because that was a real worry for me this season that he was. A player with, I mean, he was red hot for Southampton before this injury. Yeah, three or four years ago, he was he was def he definitely would have gone to Brazil for the World Cup. I, I've got no doubt in my mind that that's the case. I, I, my personal take is even alone for that. Um, again, a kind of a kind of a top ten um, side. I, th- I think we have a I think we have a top ten defense. I think we have a a bottom three um, forward line and I quite like Rodriguez but I think two is quite high for this and I think like, again I think um, I think what are yeah we've got a two man got a two man strike force you've got um, Rondon who, who who in theory is the player who holds the ball up and knocks it on etc etc et and you've got Rodriguez who's the player that kind of moves around as it happens he does this kind of midfield role He's not exceptional either of those uh, those roles as a striker. He's not he's not going to score twenty goals any any Premier no. League season for no. us, and he's not going to um, hold the ball up exceptionally well. I'm probably being overly harsh on him here, but I think I just think Rodriguez is second on this list, and I think he's he's at what he actually is. He's 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 an okay Premier League player. Mm. Again, it's what twelve million quid gets you these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. You yeah, know. and 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 how many needs we, we should judge it on on the investment here. And yeah, how many how many better Premier League um, strikers have been signed for yeah. less than twelve million? I season? think on this list, generally speaking, you can point to players and say, "God, that was a hell of a lot of money wasted on him." But you can't really. I mean, there have been a lot of players that you said, "Well, okay, Alan Neon has been an okay signing at best, but four million quid." Robson Carnu. Uh, quite an underwhelming signing, but was a free. Do you know a lot of loan players? Gareth Barry, nominal fee. Gibbs, nominal fee. That's considering that you know, they've never spent stupid amounts of money. That's a really interesting point. I'm looking at this list now, and actually, and I'm quite, Ollie, Burke, Ollie Burke. Besides, I yeah, think. I was going to say there's only one player on this list that that you would say could could, could be kind of catastrophic financially. I don't think Livermore. I think still think Livermore's a ten million pound asset to the Albion. Yep. Phillips's value has gone up. Nyam isn't worth less than four million quid. Uh, Robson Carney we didn't pay for Chadley mm, we yeah, could sell okay, Chad no okay. we could sell Chadley for what we bought him for I think yeah I, I think I think if they really pushed in the summer they could have got what they what they wanted from um, so, so, so again that, that's probably a positive for, for this regime really they're not wasting money no so we should get into number one so number in one. at number one you've probably worked out already it is Ahmed Hagazi who has 563 positive and only 18 negative yep. uh, marks and is Ahmed Hagazi he is a snip I mean, really, for four million quid, we talk about neon, but for what Agassi gives you on a week-to-week basis, he means it. Just you can tell it means so much to him to be out there. Yeah, I've speak, spoken to a few people in uh, who watch Egyptian football regularly uh, about what Ali Gabi is like, uh, and to get a bit of a flavour of uh, what we can expect from him when he finally kind of takes to the field. But for Agassi, you can you can tell, you can see the passion and. The uh, just the commitment every single week. Uh, he's only scored a couple of goals. They're both headers from corners. The one against Bournemouth on the first game of the season, yeah. and the one on Saturday against Southampton. 
and he celebrates them like he's just won the World Cup. No, it's, you know, he, he it's heartwarming. It. I, know, I know exactly what you mean. I, I mean, he's been imperious for Albion, and that back four, I think, is terrific. Yeah. And long may he's got better. I he's he got has better. got better. I mean, he, from, at know, the start of the season, I'd have been saying he's an accident waiting to happen. I am, I am eighty percent sure. <laughs> I would now say. He's an accident waiting to happen. I'm 30% sure. Yeah. I, I, I think he's, he's a really a good few, player. Yeah. He's got some capacity. He's got a few iffy moments in him still. Yeah, um, positionally, but, he, he, can get, he can get dragged around a bit, I think. But playing next to Johnny Evans makes a, makes a big difference to him. I think he's a really, really good signing. I don't think he's a Kieran Gibbs signing. Because no. I think Kieran Gibbs is a complete and a sure thing. Yes. Um, but, but, for example, you see when it gets... We haven't had that many opportunities this season uh, to kind of boast about having a lead in a game going into the later stage of the game but I'll take the Liverpool FA Cup one for example he came on for um, Gibbs yeah. I think it was in, in the first half um, who had an injury or was it uh, yeah it was yeah and uh, it was just like I mean okay Liverpool don't have a particularly focal point as regards to a number nine an old fashioned number nine in their ranks but they were lumping balls forward you know Van Dijk was up there for every set piece and Hegazi just won everything and you just thought, it, when it comes to that, you know, OK, a fleet-footed player might be able to get the better of him on the ground. And Chain Long threatened that a couple of times on Saturday. But when it comes to just seeing out games, he's like that kind of Jonas Olsen, Higazi, uh, uh, Macaulay kind of player, the height. Although, do Just you win think, everything with aerial. I haven't seen the data. But I, if I had to guess, and we can look this up after, so forgive us, that I don't know this for this podcast, but <laughs> do you think he wins a massive, num- a massive percentage of his headers? I think I th- well. I'm mean, I'm taking certain situations in. Yeah, no, no. I know what you're saying about Liverpool, but actually, in general, he's not. He's not the most. He's no Macaulay in terms of being a commanding centre off. I wouldn't um, say. Well, yeah, it might just be his height that you kind of you look. Yeah, at you him. don't you don't worry for him. No, no. So, so, so I'm being churlish here. I mean, I really, really love him, and I think you make the consummate point. Hagazi makes me feel better about watching the Albion. It, I just. I just love the bloke. I just love his approach, and I think I think you can almost kind of feel his sort of frustration at the you know, that that chance that these chances in Italy, which were killed by injury, and you know that the fact that he could yeah. it, it, it may never happen for him in Europe. So I'm really pleased, and I, and I think so. We keep making this reference as to whether or not yeah, um, Championship etc. etc. Mm-hmm. I think he'd be yep. one of the best Certainly. one of the best centre centre-halves in the and Championship. It, I, oh, we would struggle to keep hold of. I'd him. also make a point in saying, do you know? I mean, obviously it wasn't in the transfer window. It was in the close. It was in the closed win- when the window was closed. I actually think he's got better since his uh, deal was made permanent. It was oh. like a kind of like a kind of right. We're settled here I now. Think, uh, the future's clear. This is what I've got. I to think if you were to plot on a graph, Higazi gets better every week, which is which is a good thing. And I, and I think he doesn't. He actually doesn't need to get any better. What what he needs to do is. Um, Show less signs. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. you need to get positionally better. Um, so, so we're talking. We're talking about a centre half. He's playing for a team that are bottom of the league. Uh, you know, which means you're not winning games of football. Which means you're conceding goals. Yeah. So that in itself is quite difficult to kind of just on face value. It's quite difficult to make yeah, a case not, for Gagazi. And yet, although there, there, there are teams conceded, the, yeah, there's teams in the top conceded, half. But, you know, you look at Stoke and they yeah. spent 18, 90 million yeah. quid on Kevin Vimmer. Now they, they beat us to him in the summer and. You know he's been absolutely atrocious by all accounts. So I think I think it's been I think it's been a terrific so, so I think what we'll do is we'll both name our top and bottom one now, and then we'll bottom. go on to say so what what we've I mean, learned about what we've learned about Hammond from here. Mm. And while you, you, you can take longer over this, so, so I'll do it quickly. <laughs> I'd have said my top is Kieran Gibbs. I would have said I, I think um, I think for all the reasons I've said, he's a complete and utter safe bet and uh, and a, 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 an asset that will always be worth more than we've paid. Yeah. 
I've probably changed across the course of this, but I'm going to say bottom is Burke. The reason being that I think you have to measure um, the success of a signing over over um, over kind of a longer a longer period. And I think he's the one that could um, kind of cost us the most. He's the one who, for whom the investment we, we felt the most. Because if we'd have bought a a genuinely fifteen million pound Premier League um, player at that point, it might, would have made a big difference to our team. Yeah, so it's probably it's probably a bit harsh, but I'm going to go. I'm gonna go. I would have put Burke last. In well, I hope. Place. I hope that he kind kind of comes back to bite us both in the back. So do I. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm gonna. I can't disagree with Kieran Gibbs. I, I, he was a signing that I was pleased we we managed to uh, con- to to conclude when uh, we brought him in in the summer, and he's been everything that I expected of him uh, to be for the, for the money as well. It was uh, it was a real snip, and you know, he, he, long may that continue. Um, I've got to say, if you're going down all the way down to the bottom of the list, I can't say Chadley only because of his contribution at the start of last season. It would go down to one of the two low knees. They just both just smacked the desperation. Mark Wilson and Brendan Galloway. But I actually say Galloway because I thought Wilson in the short time that he was involved in matches looked okay at Albion. Never anything more than okay. And I wasn't too bothered when he didn't get a permanent deal. But Galloway is now... He's struggling to get in the Sunderland side, yeah, no, and you wonder well, where he's. Yeah, I mean, that's true. But don't you think uh, Pulis did for Galloway rather than? Uh, yeah, I don't think Galloway I mean, was so much a bad signing. Is he was he bad, was he badly managed? The, the, I'm already hating myself for this. I've said <laughs> Burke. It's Burke or Robson Carnu for me. <laughs> Robson Carnu was never going to be a good signing. We've had several of these. Robson Carnu couldn't have su- couldn't have succeeded at Albion in the same way as Samaras couldn't have succeeded at Albion. I might have changed my mind. I, I, I think Burke could be the one that's most costly. I think Robson Connor was the worst on him because I think it because I think it was um, it was a bit brainless. So <laughs> so there's that. So it's all right. So we've gone through it, and actually it's interesting. I think I might have slightly changed my mind on this regime across the course of it. Because I think when you look at it again, I think, I think if you look at uh, at the uh, yeah, financial fair play and so on, you know, I think there's some players here. When we look through it, that that point we made that Burke's the only one that, that's probably got a significantly lower value than the one we bought him for. I think that we pay a lot of wages, so so that's um, that's. Uh, that has to be borne in mind. But I think what actually this shows is we haven't made that many bad signings under um, under Hammond. What we haven't made is that many exceptional ones. I mean, you compare that to 2014 when uh, you know it was being conducted in the kind yeah. of the foreign market, and Sebastian Blanco. They just seem to pluck him out of thin air. Yeah, I think I you've mean, got you've you got know, to give that Jason Davidson thin air. You've Christian got to give Gambara, that context, haven't you? Really, that of, of the of the kind of barren waste on that was our team before that. Yeah, do you know? I don't know if you've. I, I, this has made me feel slightly uh, slightly more. Yeah, I, I think Hammond gets after. a bad. I think Hammond gets a bad rap. I, I said before. I think I think the um, the ghost of Dan Ashworth looms large over him. Uh, but I mean, actually, I think I think looking at this, I don't know if you go. Uh, he hasn't recruited that badly. Even the summer before he came in, James Chester. A failure, whether you like it or not. Yeah. Ricky Lambert, failure. Yeah. Anders Lindegaard, I mean, hey. Lambert um, was another one, I think. James McLean, he's been okay as a squad player, but he's not been outstanding. Nope. Uh, brought Rondon in, of course. Um, I mean, yeah. They haven't stuck. Johnny Evans is the one that stands out, of course. Yeah, I, th- I, think, you're, I think the quality of signing is going up this year. I, don't, I think all, all those people you listed then, there was no one as good as Gibbs, no one as good as Higazi, no one as good as Sturridge. I think the difference this year is there's nothing like being lucky with injuries, and I think you know the, we've, we've had it in the past. We've had we've had the luck with injuries, uh, particularly last season when we went on our hot streaks, and James Morrison was playing a big, big part. McCauley, at the age that he was, was was managed perfectly. Yeah, he was playing every week. Um, we don't have we don't have that at the yeah, moment. McCauley Phillips, was 
it was always going to blow up. Really. Yeah, and it, it's a real shame. So I think, I, I, speaking for myself, having gone through all this, I mm. highly doubt Nicky Hammond is listening, but if he is, uh, I, it, I, th- I don't think you are actually doing too bad a job. I think, um, I think looking through this, I can only list one or two that that are are dreadful, and I think some some of these have um, have probably uh, paid the price. Or be, yeah, well, I mean, the other thing is as well, of course, is the summer window. We seem to say it every year, but I, I'd say the summer window coming up now really is. It's it's a it's an era defining one because yeah, actually whatever you've division got McCaw- yeah, you've got McCauley, you've got Morrison, Brunt's out of contract as well. Barry, uh, what happens with Evans? You've you've really you you might have to start again regardless I've, of what division we're in. It's not beyond the realms of possibility we'll lose our entire back four. <laughs> it's not no, apart from Magazi, but he signed up. Well, no, no, but, 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 but I mean he's going he's going to be a man in demand. Uh, I mean, I, I'd yeah, like to think we'll yeah. keep Hagazi uh, and so on, but kind of doesn't bear thinking about, does it? Yeah, it's probably that's probably a conversation for another day. It's not for Nicky Hammond to think about. What, what for those of you that we still have? Uh, if I can say, Dave Chandler, who is a friend of Woodman Corner and who is Baggy Bird, is arranging a. Um, a special football day at Halesow in town uh, on Sunday the 29th of April. It's gonna, there's going to be a mascot match. It's going to be really, really, uh, really great. Uh, mascots from all around the country coming down to play there. Um, it, there's also going to be an all-star game, and there's a team that's being um, put together at the moment by other friend of uh, Woodman Corner, Andy Johnson. Mm-hmm. And all the money goes towards um, Richard Eads, uh, who uh, who all of you will know as uh, Albie, he, um, the, the, the fellow mascot towards his family uh, I spoke to Dave about this he really wants to kind of yeah, give them a, a year to remember after going through such a tragedy so it'll be £5 a ticket Sunday April 29th we'll be coming back to you with more de- details about um, tickets and so on but that sounds like a good day doesn't it Joe? it does it does indeed yeah it's, it's all for a wonderful cause as well of course and uh, it's going to be a, a really really good line up and a, a group of people to remember a, a very very special figure absolutely in the so, community so thank you for joining us today on Woodburn Corner. As I always say, if you like it, let us know why. If you don't like it, get in touch and uh, and help us make it better. Uh, but we appreciate your joining us. Hopefully we'll have some better scores to talk about in time to come. Uh, in the meantime, all the best. Music.